Good morning, Catalyst. How are you today? You know, uh, a week and a half ago, Ellen and I celebrated our anniversary. We went down to Indy for uh, an evening, spent the night, went out to eat at, uh, is it called Mama Carolis? Carolas? I thought that was a car. Uh, listen, you know, the reality was that food was phenomenal. I was thinking back, though, to a time, this was several years ago, that Ellen and I had gone away, and we, we drove several miles so that we thought, you know what, we can have a night where, honestly, we probably won't see anybody we know, and we can just have kind of an interrupted evening. And we had sat down at the table and ordered, and we were getting our food, and I'll never forget, there was a woman who makes her way through, and we knew her. We knew her, but she wasn't even from our church. And she, she walked up to the table and she said, you know what, I know y'all are probably having a night out alone, but would you mind if I just sat down a minute and told you some things in my life? And after about 30 minutes, I thought, Lord, please take her away. I mean, I'm, I love her to death, but honest to goodness, I'm about to order dessert and, you know, we haven't been alone. Have you ever had, have you ever had an evening, have you ever had a moment where there was an unexpected interruption in your life? That's the night of the shepherds in Luke, the second chapter. It's something that God breaks in unexpectedly. And I'll tell you what, what I've learned about God over the last many, many years that I followed him is sometimes those unexpected moments are the best moments in the world. Those moments when he engages me, when I maybe feel hurt or I feel weary or I feel tired or those moments when he blesses us with the sense of his joy and his enthusiasm when we realize that God has literally blessed us more than we could ever imagine. Any of you ever had God jump into your life like that? I want to tell you something. Evening was the shepherd's time. I mean, think about it. The sheep had finally, under the cover of the stars, they had bed down for the evening the shepherds, after a long day of chasing stinky sheep, they find themselves around the campfire. The bleeding of the sheep, which was a continuous noise the whole day long. Any of you have those noises in your life all day long until you get home? They had died down. The dust had been wiped from their faces. Their, law, their legs just caught a much-needed break as they kind of stretched them out as they leaned back. Evening, you could absolutely say, was their time. But this evening was like no other evening. This evening, their evening was interrupted. And I want to tell you why. It was because on this evening, God was about to make a physical invasion upon this world. <laughs> And this evening, God's messenger would speak to them about the coming Messiah. This evening, the shepherds of all people would be the first recipients of God's good news. This evening, shepherds would hear a heavenly chorus. This evening, God would rock their worlds. And that evening, that evening, friends, God rocked ours also. Imagine the moment that the angel comes to them with this declaration, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord, it literally means the magnificence of God, 
It means something so amazing, so magnificent, that it has a blinding presence to it. It is the Shekinah glory of God. And it was that glory that shone around them. Now imagine being encompassed in this. Because there are verbs here that understand that it was that which encompassed them. And the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And notice their response, and they were terrified. Who wouldn't be? But an angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. And then he adds this phrase, that will be, he says, for all the people. That is the word laos. It is the word that we get laity from. And what that means is us. (laughs) We are the laity of the church. The angel's proclamation is our proclamation. This is a good word from God. That he's being given to the shepherds. And it's a good word from God for us. That because of this, God has come to this place. And it was for all the people. And I promise you, no one could have represented all the people better than the shepherds. Please please hear me. They did not represent society's list of who's who. In fact, the opposite could absolutely be said. They were some of the most despised lot in culture. They were outcasts from every respectable outcast or every respectable aspect of society. I mean, spiritually, their very business, the business of handling dirty sheep, literally kept them from being, quote, spiritually clean from all of the, all of the uh, participation from the law. Constant demand of their flocks. It made them almost impossible to stay ceremonially clean. And I want to tell you their, repre- their reputations, when I say preceded them, did you know that the integrity and the honesty of, of shepherds were, was so questioned that they were not even allowed to testify in a court of law? I mean, friends, I want you to know, without a doubt, God is making an intentional point that the good news is absolutely, positively, without reservation for all the people. God's not talking about perfection here. God's talking about people like us <laughs> that have our own blemishes, that have our own faults. When the angel said, This is good news for all the people. Here's the deal, friends. It meant, it meant every single one of us was impacted by the Savior being born that night. It's an encouraging word from them. I mean, it is such good news that it's for all of us. You see, this was... A good word from God. This was a a word of hope. This was a a word of promise. This was literally a word of safety and security. This was a word of a proclamation that brought the reality of God to this place. It's an uplifting word. It's a word that gives us strength. It's a word that sometimes gives us joy in the midst of our sadness. It's a word that sometimes brings hope in the midst of hopelessness. You see, we like the shepherds. Please hear me. Is there one thing I've learned over these seasons of life that I've lived? Everybody, every once in a while, needs a good word from God. 
something that uplifts us, something that encourages us. And that's exactly what God brings in this passage. The shepherds received the good news, but that good news is broken down literally into three aspects. The first one is this. He says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. That word Savior literally means somebody that delivers us. It means that it is someone who can rescue us. And sometimes that means that it can deliver us from ourselves, from our own choices, our own brokenness, our own mistakes, our own past. Jesus is mine and your deliverer. He's the one who makes redemption possible. He is the one that picks us sometimes up out of the muck of life. Listen to what Psalm 40 says, And the Lord turned to me. And don't you love this phrase? And the Lord heard my cry. And he lifts me out of the slimy pit. He lifts me out of the mud and the mire. He sets my feet on solid rock. He gives to me a firm place to stand. And then I love how he ends as the psalmist writes, and he puts a new song in my mouth. You ever tired of singing the same old song? Does something in your life need to change? Do you need a new attitude with which to approach life? There's amazing sense here that God brings to us in Jesus something we can't bring ourselves. He literally can transform the intent of our lives. That there can be something that beckons us that's larger than us. There's something that calls to us that is beyond where we are right now. A Savior has been born. And He says to you, And then he says, and he is Christ the Lord. That word Christ literally means that he is God's anointed. Jesus is God's anointed and God's appointed. So you see, you and I can rest assured that this night was done with great intent for the shepherds. This Jesus is the Christ. He is not second string. He's not in second position. He is God himself. He is God's anointed and God's appointed, which literally means that he has not only been given the position, Jesus has been given the necessary authority to carry out the position. Because he is Christ, and notice what the angel says, he is the Lord. He is the kurios. He is the maker of all things. He is the holder of all things. He is that which has not only made it, but he is the one who holds it. He's not second string or second hand. He is God himself come down to this earth to live among us through his son Jesus. You see, honestly, friends, the provision of mine and yours salvation, the provision of our forgiveness, the provision of our redemption is only made possible because God himself through his son Jesus came to this earth. Only he, only he could pay that price for our wrongs, our sins. You know, I was reading an article the other day and In today's NBA, some of you don't know what that is, but that's the National Basketball Association. 
there are star players who are given time off from time to time, and th- what they call it is load management days. Don't you love that? Now, what this means is that these are players that are getting a little older, a little long in the tooth, and they have to take some time off during the year to better manage, if you will, the wear and tear that a full NBA season places on their aging bodies. And this enables them, if you will, if they can find those few load management days, it allows them to deal with some of the wear and tear so they're in a better state, a better place when it comes to the playoffs, and they can play at a higher level. I want you to know the elders do this for me because I'm an older man. I was telling Jeff this week, in my course of 38 years of ministry, I've never had had a group of elders that begin every elders meeting with this one question, and they they all turn to me and they say, Pastor, we want to know something. How are you doing? I don't know about you, that's that's a gift. And then they expect me to answer honestly. Because they know something. They know that I'm not the man I was 20 years ago, 30 years ago when I first started this. They know that there's some wear and tear on me that has to be kind of looked after. And, and again, I'm so thankful, honestly, that Nate is on board here because Nate does so many things that I just don't do well. Here's the good news, though. Did you know there are no load management days necessary for Jesus? And I want to tell you why. Because the Savior has been born to us and He is Christ. God's anointed, God's appointed. He is the Lord. He is the curiosity. He is over all. He's not a teacher among many. So many persons in today's culture struggle with the divinity of Christ. Friends, I want you to know He is God's anointed and God's appointed for this reason. He is God Himself come down to this earth. (laughs) And He has not only been given the position, He's been given all the authority and power necessary to fulfill every task at hand. Nehemiah 9, 6, it just simply says this, You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens. You made all the starry host. You made the earth and all that is in it. You made the seas and all that is in them. Notice what it says. You, Lord, you give life to everything and the multitudes of the heavens worship you. Did you know every one of us, every one of us need to know that good news? That in Jesus, something bigger came to this earth. And Jesus, something came that was beyond us and even our hurts and our problems. Our arrogance. Our self-sufficiency. And every once in a while. Every once in a while. We all need God's great hand. To reach down and pick us up from the muck of this life. You know what? Something took place this this past Wednesday. I normally write the teaching on Thursdays, and y'all are so gracious. You really guard my time. I hardly have anybody ever contact me on Thursdays. And I start very early in the morning. Ellen will tell you this. I go to another place. 
Writing the teaching every week is still the greatest privilege that I enjoy in ministry. But this past Wednesday morning, I have no idea why except at 8.30 in the morning, the Lord impressed on me that I needed to start on the sermon. I wrote completely till 2 o'clock in the afternoon and I finished it that day. Everything flew and everything flowed. I immediately, when I was done, I called, I contacted Brielle and Jason. I knew they were leading worship today and I said, gang, I want to tell you something. I don't think worship needs to be normal this Sunday. It's not like I, I try to orchestrate things. I just knew that this morning, at this time, in the middle of this teaching, we needed to stop and pray. I'm going to ask the team to come on up. And we want to take some moments today, if you will, to literally cry out to the Lord, to literally speak to the Lord. Perhaps you're in a season, perhaps you're in a, a place that you need to reach out to Him. Perhaps you just need to thank Him. How many of you have come to a great reality this Christmas of how truly blessed we are? And that so many things we take for granted, we don't pause and just say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for the family that we have. Thank you for the relationships. Thank you for the physical blessings that we have. Thank you, Lord, that we were able to take a breath and a step this morning. And for some of us, let's be honest, Christmas is tough. Listen, we've walked with some of you through great highs this year. And we've walked with some of you through great hurt this year. And we all bring all different kinds of emotions and feelings and needs and stressors. But this is what I know. For unto us a Savior has been born and He is Christ. What is He? He is the Lord. And He will meet every need. And He will help you at every place. And He will reach down to you. And He will love you. He will forgive you. He will restore you. He will hold you so close. He will take your breath away. Because that's how much God loves all of us. So I'm going to invite us today to stand as the team leads us in worship. But more than that, it's a season of prayer. I want you to know that our prayer area is wide open to you. So do me a favor today. Don't be stranded where you are. I promise you, there are no shackles on your ankles today. Go and engage Him. Go and thank Him. There will be those who will be over there to pray. If you would like someone to pray with you, like several couples did and families did this morning, I promise you can trust them with the confidentiality as if you were talking to me. But let's, let's just simply engage the Lord. You may want to kneel where you are. You may want to stay seated. We're going to stand. But you may want to stay seated. That's okay. In your own way, in your own place, in your own time, in your own manner. Let God engage you. Because let's remember that's why he came 
so that we would never, ever, ever be alone. Amen? Let's stand and worship Him. It's interesting to note here in the passage that the angel's declaration turns into what we might call a celestial celebration. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host. Now please hear me, friends. This was, this was not a choir. This was not a worship team. That phrase literally means it was an army of angels. And they appeared with the angel and they had one intent. And that was to praise and to give glory to God at what was about to happen. I mean, we have to understand, he says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace on whom his favor rests. They had one purpose in coming forth. It was to lead the praise and celebration to God in what was taking place, and that is God himself coming to this earth. And notice what he says. He brings to us in his coming his peace. This was not a peace determined by the outer. Please hear me. It's not determined by circumstances or what season of life we're in. It is a peace determined by the inner presence that Jesus brings to us. It is a, made, it is a peace that's made possible between us and God. You see, as God brings himself, as God brings his favor, as God brings his redemption, as God brings his grace... As God brings his mercy, he also brings to us the gift of peace. You see, here's the crazy thing. That angst that sometimes you and I feel between us and God, that angst, that distance that sometimes we know is between our soul and God, that angst, that dissonance that we sometimes feel when we know the life that we're living is not up to God, all of that can be alleviated by His Son coming to us. And evidently, God thought that was a peace worth shouting about, didn't He? It was a peace so important that God filled the heavens with an army of angels. And He sang those words in this thunderous manner. But I want you to know something. This is the critical point of the teaching this morning. My friends, for you and me to find that peace, to take hold of that peace, to discover the wholeness that only Christ can bring to our lives, we, we like the shepherds, at some point we must make the journey to find Jesus. Notice what it says. And now the angels left them. Notice the phrase. Now they are alone again. And the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing. Don't you love that phrase? Let's see this thing that has happened. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was now lying in a manger. Let's see this thing. I know that sounds strange to us, but I'm going to tell you what. You know what I believe today? I guarantee that there are some of us right now who feel that way in this place. We know that something's happening in our lives. We know that even at this point this morning, that something bigger than us is knocking on the door of our hearts. And for some of us, it's intriguing. Some of us, it's fascinating. For some of us, we're just not certain what to do with it. 
but we're intrigued enough to go investigate. And I want to tell you something. If that's where you are in the journey, please hear me say this. You are so welcomed in this place to journey towards Jesus with us. And I hope with every passing moment that you're in this place, your comfort level rises and your dissonance dissipates. I pray that you understand we don't expect you to be anybody but you. And we don't expect anything but Jesus to change us into who he wants us to be. And we pray that this is a place you know you can join the journey. Because here's a promise. We are all journeying more and more and more to Christ. The truth is, Jesus' entire life, because we find this such a contrast, don't we? I mean, think about it. You go from a celestial choir to finding the baby lying, honestly, in a stall. Probably in the feeding trough of the animals that filled the stall. And this is where the shepherds find the Christ, the Savior. But do you want to know something? The longer that you and I follow Jesus, the longer we grow in Jesus, the stronger we walk with Jesus, what we find out is the entire life of Jesus was a contrast. Born of a virgin, born in a manger, ate with sinners, touched lepers. His understanding of his power was to become a servant. And notice this, his ultimate sign for victory was being crucified on a cross. You see, for those of us who really know Jesus, who come to find Jesus, who come to really walk with Jesus, we understand that Jesus ultimately calls you and me to a contrast. A contrast to what this life and this culture tries to call us to be. Please hear me, friends. His life, his birth, even his death, it's all about contrast. And this is what I know. You and I will never know. We will never experience. We will never understand what a great difference and a great contrast Jesus can make in our hearts and lives unless we, like the shepherds, make our way to him. And notice what I'm going to say. And we follow wherever God leads us. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed. And notice what they were amazed about at what the shepherds said to them. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. You see, they had watched the angels glorify and praise him. But after finding Jesus, meeting Jesus, now they glorified and praised him. And my friends, that's what we want to leave with this morning. We want to make certain that our vision of Christmas is a vivid vision of Christ come to this earth. Did you know that sometimes because of Christmas, we can miss Christmas? Oh, yes, we can, Lord. 
You know, I wear bifocal contacts. I can read out of my left. I can see far out of my right. Isn't that a crazy thing? That mine and your brains could differentiate that so we do it without even thinking about it? I mean, it's a marvelous thing to me. I can actually read menus now in a restaurant. I can literally read scripture in the morning here. But you know what I've learned? That if I wear the same pair too long, if I look through the same ones too long, my vision becomes cloudy. So I have to put in a new pair about every four to five weeks so that it renews my vision. Did you know, Catalyst, sometimes it can work the same with our faith? That we can look through the same eyes or the same faith for so long, we're not moving in it, we're not growing in it. We become stale in it so that the good news just becomes old news. Of great joy just becomes ho-hum news. How, how much, how important is it that you and I Take the time to renew our vision so that there's a clarity about our faith. There's a joy about our faith. There's an exuberance about our faith that moves us just like the shepherds to go and tell people all the great things we have seen and heard. Because I'm going to tell you, they weren't given the good news for themselves. They were given the good news to share the good news with others. Friends, can I tell you something? We weren't given the good news for ourselves. We were given the good news so we could share the good news with others. And the hardest thing about this is when it says, and they had to return. Because I'm going to tell you, it's easy to celebrate Jesus when you're sitting in here looking at Christmas trees, singing these marvelous songs. But what I want us to do, Catalyst, I want when you go back to being a doctor or a nurse or a teacher or a salesman or a postman, I want us to tell the story of Christ. I want Christmas to be real. So that we will tell other people what we have seen and heard. We're going to do that today. I want to invite you to stand. We want to leave this place by giving praise and celebration to our Savior. We want to be able to take some time here this morning to lift up our praise. This will be our own celestial choir, okay? So some of you, clear your throats because you need a little clearing. I'm not sure it'll be as marvelous as it was that night, but it's going to be our song, right? So we're going to sing with exuberance and praise. But don't leave it here. Walk out of here with a different step, will you? Have a little spark in you about your faith. Be excited for this coming Wednesday morning when we realize that the birth of Jesus was for all of us, every one of us. And we celebrate today. Do we not? We celebrate today. And we give Him praise. Amen. And amen. Let's sing together.